Today on the Shrewd Dudes Podcast, we are going to talk about some race baiters just Ooh. getting full on called out, and that's great. Bring it. Then we're going to talk about the Virginia gubernatorial race and how it's gotten a lot closer in the last so little gooby. while. Yes, mm-hmm. so gooby. So gooby. <laughs> you it's such a funny word, gubernatorial. It's I know, it is a, it's a funny word, it's a funny yeah. Then we're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse and Ooh, his hero. trial, which is ongoing. And finally, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some vaccine craziness. All of that and more on the Shrewd, Shrewd Dudes, Dudes Podcast. Podcast. Alrighty. It's <laughs> like, a catchy song, I'm telling you. You don't even hear it. To me. <laughs> I know. I hear it in my head. I'm the one that wrote it. So I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. So it is another Tuesday, which means it is going to be a news filled episode. We're going to cover Tuesday news day. Tuesday news. That is very true. It's a Tuesday news right? day. I Tuesday like news it. Day. I like it. That's right. That's right. So I'm not just looking now. Before we jump into all of that. How was your weekend? How was Halloween, Daniel? Wonderful, 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 darling. Oh, just with the wonderful everything, you know, no kips. Um, no, it was good. I um, what did I do? Um, or should I say Reformation Day? Reformation Day, like you know, like uh, you know, like good old Martin Luther, you know, like mm-hmm. same, you know, same day. I uh, no, it was good. Like you know, like um, what did I end up doing? Uh, like well, basically, like I just I just worked on a whole bunch of like you know. Um, stuff, including the website. I just uh, finally updated the website this weekend, so I feel pretty I proud about that. It's getting more yeah. and more informative all the time. The, vac- the vaccine page is getting really, uh, really awesome. So yeah, I encourage you to take a look if you haven't if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it looks well, pretty good. Um, had a had a Halloween party. Yeah, that I went to. That's right. I went as a Let's Go Brandon fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get kicked out of the, you know, the Southwest Airlines, you know. I know, I would have. Yeah, I was really chintzy. It just yeah, like yeah. used masking mm-hmm. tape and wrote "Let's Go Brandon" on my T-shirt and wore my "Keep America Great Again" hat. Daddy, mm-hmm. it's coming. I know. Okay, buddy. Good night, Curtis. He's very slobbery when he kisses. <laughs> but his tooth <laughs> is coming out, so that's good. He's like kissing a dog. Be, he's soon gonna be exceptionally toothless. Mm. And then went trick-or-treating with the kids on Sunday. So that was Ooh, fun. Nice. Only had one person who was really like kind of a COVID cultist. He <laughs> gave them candy through a tube. And I was like, wow, you're outside, dude. Who's, who's that? Uh, and he that, had tongs like, to put the yeah. candy in the chute. Who's the guy from the aviator? Like the crazy fanatic uh, rich guy. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like he's like... He's, it has he was been a forever. He was like a millionaire and all that, and like l- later on in his life, he became like a huge germaphobe. Like mm. let his like hair grow out, like nails grow out. And like that's that's what I picture when I see these people. Like germaphobes, or like they're scared of everything. The yeah. air is like toxic. I was tempted to go as a COVID cultist, but I didn't have a gown because <laughs> I have like a face shield that yeah. I had to buy for work, and then I realized that nobody in the at the guy's house actually cares. <laughs> I'm just like that's great. I, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, done. So, 
Things are going well in that department. Let's talk about an area where things are not going so well. What? Actually, things are going swimmingly because it's hilarious that co that race baiters are being exposed. Mm, Let's jump so in and talk about Ibram X. Kendi. Oh, this guy. Oh, oh this guy. This such guy. a lovely guy. This guy's pretty much like the biggest snake oil peddler ever. Oh, crazy. So, whoops. This is yep. from the Daily Mail. CRT advocate Ibram X. Kendi is mocked for deleting tweet about how white college applicants are lying about their race to get accepted because it undermined his argument about privilege. Whoops. Kendi posted deleted tweet linking to article about college applicants. Article cited study that said whites lied about their race to gain acceptance. More than a third of white applicants falsely claimed they were a racial minority. Just like Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> of those, more than three-fourths said they were accepted into college. Kendi's critics said the tweet disproves his own anti-racism theories. It does! Kind of doesn't so, work very well for him. Yeah. So he tweeted <laughs> an article from The Hill. And let's see. Yeah, here's the tweet. So... More than a third of white students lied about their race in college applications, and about half of these applicants lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of those students who lied about their race were accepted. Mm. And of course, this tweet has been deleted because what does this actually prove? It doesn't... If It would prove his point if they were black college applicants saying they were white. Mm -hmm. But because they're white college applicants saying that they are black or other races... What does this prove? It proves... I'm thinking black privilege exists. Well, it proves that... <laughs> what is it? Affirmative action is a racist praxis. Because what affirmative action does, it makes it easier for minorities and other groups like blacks, the indigenous, and other groups that are not Asian to get into colleges and post-secondary institutions, and it makes it much more difficult for Asians and whites to get into college because those races are already in colleges at high levels. So it means that if you are a minority mm -hmm. and you get accepted into college, there is a chance that you went into college not because of your accolades, not because of your merits, but because of your race. Mm. So that should you should maybe feel that something has been taken from you hmm. because you didn't get there based on your own worth. You got there because of the color of your skin and valuing people on the color of their skin is what, Danny? Racist. Oh, man. Racist, man. <laughs> I know. I know. Who would have thought that affirmative action is racist? Now, of course. Yeah. Earlier in, like when, in the 1950s and 60s, when colleges were actually turning down successful and worthy minority applicants, that was racist too. Mm -hmm. And saying, okay, well, we'll have to get like, like we'll admit all whites and then we'll get five blacks just to have like our quota of blacks. Mm -hmm. That's racist. But it's also racist to say, well, if you're a certain race, you have an easier time getting in. Because it's not quotas, but it's saying, well, we want to make sure that we have even ratios. Mm -hmm. And that's disgusting. Yeah, you know, right now, um, 
my mom is uh, looking for renters, like, you know, for her place. Uh, mm-hmm. She must plug here. But uh, no, the big thing is like, <laughs> I was telling her, I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, you have to be careful about what you ask for. Because like, she's, uh, she's looking for male, ap- male applicants right now. Because, you know, like most of the guys, the guys that are renting there are guys. And so she, you know, prefer to have just guys, mm-hmm. you know, avoid problems and all that. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm amazed at how much like those things, you can't even ask those things. Like you can't ask for somebody who's male, you can't ask for somebody who's this and that and all that kind of stuff. You have to be super careful nowadays because, you know, you could be, I don't know, hit by some kind of uh, hate, hate, you know, like some some, yeah. some kind of thing. Like, right now, you right? can't, you yeah. can't say that you're, you can't say that you're looking for men. You yeah. can say you're looking for women, but you can't say you're looking for men. And you can't say you're looking, you certainly can't say you're looking for whites, but you can say, I'm looking for indigenous blacks or East Indians. Yeah. It's like, what are we allowing as a society? Yeah. And the thing is like, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Uh, or like, you know, you're not allowed to discriminate supposedly on those, those bases. But here, supposedly. people are legitimately like uh, championing like, discrimination, which is amazing to me. Like, you know, like I, I we had a whole discussion in a, in a Christian group debate about like, you know, CRT. And I'm like, how in the world can a Christian justify like playing favorites? This is like, like this is like the whole concept in the Book of Proverbs about like you know like uh, uneven scales, yeah. right? Where you're not like you're not even, you're not fair, fair-minded. You're giving somebody unfair advantage, and like you know like to, to them it's like, well, we have to like tip the scales, otherwise the, the outcomes are different. I'm like, yeah, maybe we should look into why those outcomes are different, mm-hmm. not try to tip the you know, the, the, the scales, you know, to, to try to like, you know, give someone an unfair advantage. I'm like, yeah. nah, 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 no good. No, no, I think, no, I, I take fairness. Yes. No mass, fairness. no mass, no mass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like there are certain reasons for like to, to talk about specifically of the issue of renting. Mm-hmm. Like if I was, if I had this place all to myself and I didn't have my wife and kids, they were just poof gone in this hypothetical scenario. Then if I was trying to be honorable and seek a moral and upright and righteous life, then I would actually search only for male roommates. Mm-hmm. But to say that, to say I only want men, mm-hmm. would be seen by our modern society as sexist. Mm-hmm. Even though it has nothing to do with sexism, it has everything to do with moral purity. Mm-hmm. But society doesn't get that, because a lot of society doesn't care. But... Because they didn't care, people, uh, more race baiters have come about like this doofus. The ultimate base, race the baiter. The ultimate race baiter. Let's tell about yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Mr. Entitlement Yikes. himself. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick compares treatment of players at NFL Combine to slavery in new Netflix series. So, I don't have a video, but you can watch it on your own. It's really like, What? Mm-hmm. But this is the story. Free agent NFL quarterback and activist Colin Kaepernick compared the treatment of players, the NFL Combine, to slavery. This is from CBS News. The comparison was made in the coming-of-age Netflix series following Kaepernick's high school years called Colin in Black and White, which premiered this past Friday. Speaking in the first episode, Kaepernick described how pro-hopefuls are treated at the NFL Combine, a four-day showcase where many prospects undergo physical and mental tests in front of football team coaches, executive owners, and scouts. Mm. Coaches will tell you they're looking for warriors, killers, beasts, he said. They want you to be an animal in there, they w- and you want to give them that. What they don't want you to understand is that what's being established is a power dynamic. 
Oh, you think? <laughs> you're the, they're the coach, you're the player, you're supposed to respect and listen to what they say. Duh. Mm-hmm. And they're paying you. Before they put you on the field, teams poke, prod, and examine you, searching for any defect that might affect your performance. No boundary respected, no dignity left intact. He added, as scenes from a slavery option play out. Yeah, because yeah, that is so incredibly mm-hmm. similar. It's like, what's your name, boy? It's like, my name is Bob. No, it's Billy. It is Billy now. It's like, like it's it's just so ridiculous because like yeah. slave auctions were like like this is the kind of thing you get in trouble for comparing like you know the modern like what's happening today with like you know, the Holocaust or like you know Nazi Germany they're like that's that's totally out of bounds like they can't even like imagine that you talk about abortion and you compare it to like you know like you know like somebody in slavery it's like whoa whoa you can't do that that is totally out of bounds like they suddenly freak out at the even at the thought that you're even comparing it to something as bad because they're like it's not the same thing i'm like you can make a case for similarities but they just freak out at that here he's making one of the most ridiculous like you know comparisons ever yeah. like to to to, to uh, you know ancient slavery and all that and why did you why did you do it because it's you know like he's he's one of those sacred like you know privileged classes that nothing that they say or do is out of bounds everything's protected and you know like and the funny thing is this is like when, when he, you know, when you go through a training camp, uh, it's everyone, not just the black players. It's not everybody. even just the white players. It's every player. Doesn't matter your background. You're all going through it. And it's also you're getting paid for it. This is like not slavery, bro. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's go, yeah. like activities in the annual event include weightlifting, sprints, medical checks, and reportedly inappropriate questions during oh, the interviews. There they- NFL teams also conduct background checks and interviews no. to gauge players' personality traits and wonderlick tests to determine their intelligence level before deciding to whether to commit millions of dollars. Uh, yeah, I wonder why that's important. So he mm. received some heat for the slavery comparison as critics pointed out the NFL combine is how teams can evaluate talent and is one step for many players en route to becoming millionaires. And they oh, do you become millionaires essentially as soon as they get signed. Yep. Like the NFL, all 32, I think there's 32 NFL teams, every single one of them is worth over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And some of the top paid players, I think the top paid player as of a few years ago was making $23 million a year before like advertising contracts. And the advertising contracts are usually about double that yep. every year that they're making. I don't care what medical tests they put you through. Mm-hmm. As long as they aren't, like, raping you. Yeah. Or and- violate, like, what they're doing is evaluating your professional ability mm-hmm. on the field. And it's saying, well, like, do you have any character flaws that might lead to you being a liability to the team? Do you mm-hmm. have any lingering issues, any medical problems, which could mm-hmm. lead you to be absent from games? These mm-hmm. are people that are going to be the tippy-tippy top of the richest people ever. Mm-hmm. Do not compare them to people who were forced to work to death. That's <laughs> and, a oh, yeah, simple you- thing to say. But Colin Kaepernick wants to be bold and be brash and wants mm-hmm. to say, this is all about being black in America. And oh, if yeah, you're black first. in America, mm-hmm. then you're a slave. It doesn't matter whether you make millions or wake pennies on the dollar. You're a slave no matter what, as long as you live in 
corporate American greed. No. No. This is nonsense. Can we also stop calling him like you know a like you know free agent like you know football player? He's just not a football player anymore. He's, he used he, he's a former player at yeah. best. Mm-hmm. He's like he like there's a reason why they're not calling you back because hey you were you were a mediocre player at best when you were playing and then B because you are you're such a liability for any team that they don't want to take you on because well, yeah, you're making like, yourself once a liability. Once he left the 49ers, mm-hmm. or like once he was started pulling his kneeling stunt, then no team wanted to sign him. Period. Because it's like, okay, you had a good year, and then you had a terrible year. Mm -hmm. And then not only are you a mediocre backup quarterback, Mm -hmm. pulling average number, like below average numbers, you want starting quarterback pay, you want starting quarterback media attention, you want yourself to be the focus of everything that the team does, Mm -hmm. and... You're not worth it. Yeah. And you basically attack anybody who says you're just not that good with you're a racist. Yep. What professional <laughs> team would ever think of signing you? Yeah, this guy is the perfect example of the uh, spoiled brat uh, syndrome. You know, like, yeah, like, you know, like the what's her, what's her name? Uh, SBS. Uh, no, Rapino, uh the soccer player, the female soccer player. Uh, she basically like was like she she's the worst ambassador for for female soccer ever because she was so stuck up and so full of herself and like you know like nobody ever called her on her like she was just mm-hmm. the most terrible like you know like example of like a you know a, a professional athlete but you know because she's because she's successful she thinks like you know oh I deserve this and I'm I'm worth it and all that. it's just it this is not the kind of like role models you want to see but uh, further than that. Do you know where else you get um, all sorts of like scrutiny over your past and over your present and over your, you know, all these things you have to do? Huh, a job interview. Yeah. Go figure. They, they pour over your entire past, over your work history. They ask you personality questions to see if you're going to be a good employee. They ask you, they, 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 they go, go through your past and check your, uh, you know, like uh, your police records and all that kind of stuff. And like most jobs, they do serious background checks. It's like, huh. You know, like if it's wrong to scrutinize, you know, like, you know, why are they, like, it's just, it's, this is not an unusual thing. He's not even claiming that they're doing something immoral. Mm-hmm. He's just making comparisons for, for show. It's really what he's doing. He's like trying to get, get, get an emotional reaction out of people. So you're like, this is the same thing. It's like, no, no, it's not like, it's different getting somebody like, you know, checking how fast you can run and doing all these things to, I don't know, getting whipped in the back with a, like, you know, like a bull whip mm-hmm. and getting like massive, like, you know, scars that will never heal. Hmm. Little different. When you have some actual evidence of actual abusive, like, you know, standards that are being done, then give us a call. Yeah. Until then, just like, seriously, man. Just seriously. Shut up. Seriously. Yeah. But, that's not the end of today's news. What? I Even know. with that beautiful natural lull? That beautiful natural lull. Oh, wasted. <laughs> some, um, a small amount of good news. Let's talk about the Virginia gubernatorial race. Oh, Virginia gubernatorial race is loves tight. that word. Love <laughs> that word. But it is tight. Yeah. So tight Virginia governor race. Maybe test of Biden popularity. This is from the Associated Press. So Richmond... <laughs> 
<laughs> Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican they, what? The fact that they're actually saying like maybe test of like Biden popularity. What what's that? What yeah. the crap is I don't think he was ever popular even when he got elected. No. It wasn't, wasn't even popular then. Like, what's that? <laughs> no. But this is the Associated Press we're talking dumbest, about. So. Dumbest headline ever. It's a dumb headline. Yep. <laughs> so, Gosh. we're locked in a fierce battle for Virginia Governor Tuesday night, which is tonight. The most closely watched contest in an off-year election that could prove a referendum on Joe Biden's first year in office. The race was too early to call. The bruising campaign pitted McAuliffe, a prominent figure in Democrat politics and former Virginia governor, against Yunkin, a political newcomer and former business business executive. The two have spent months fighting about everything from Yunkin's time to former President Donald Trump to abortion rights and culture war battles over schools. But voters saw the economy as the top issue, followed by the coronavirus pandemic, according to AP VoteCast. Uh, most or some 34% of voters ranked the economy as their number one priority compared to 17 saying COVID and 14% choosing education. Those issues outranked healthcare, climate change, racism, and abortion in the survey. The final results may ultimately be interpreted as an early judgment of Biden, who captured Virginia last year by a comfortable 10-port margin. The closeness of the governor's race indicated just how much his party's political fortunes have changed in a short period. The White House has been shaken in recent months by the chaotic withdrawal of the U.S. forces from Afghanistan, a sluggish economic recovery amid the pandemic, and a legislative agenda at risk of stalling on Capitol Hill. All of this is just crazy. But oh, right, right now, as it stands right now, Youngkin is leading by fifty-one point nine percent of the vote, hmm. whereas McAuliffe is behind by forty-seven point four percent. Yep. You know what I predict already? What? It's going to look like that. It's going to be leading by 1%. And then overnight, what's going to happen? Uh, it's going to be a blue wave! Mail-ins! Mail-ins! Mail it's like, oh, there's a sudden jump of 300,000 ballots for McAuliffe, and McAuliffe wins. Um, it's a magic. It's, like, it's a miracle. It's, it's like a predictable, over and over again. unexpected miracle. It's like yep. a Christmas miracle. Because <laughs> that's like what happened one. in the Georgia Senate race. That's what happened in yep. the 2020 November election. Mm. It keeps happening. And mm. yet people are like, nah, this isn't a problem. This it's is not a problem normal. when 95% of the votes go to Democrats. Mm. Mm -hmm. It should be. Yep. It how that works. should be. But this, yep. there was... As of I think a lot of people ago, don't realize that with the Virginia... Yes? Oh, there's a delay there. Um, well, so with the Virginia race, um, I know, like, you, the, the big question is, why do we care? Like, you know, like, if you're from Canada, if you're from anywhere else in the States, why do you care about the Virginia one? It's because this is, this is a litmus test for the upcoming um, midterms. The midterms uh -huh. are the big... Middle, you know, like you know, between the the presidential elections, they vote for the House and the Senate, and this is kind of like the big litmus test because this this might be a temperature gauge of where America and how how popular or unpopular Democrat policies are, and how much people love or hate the Democrat Party right now. Because right now, Democratic Party is having some serious mm -hmm. serious uh, problems, and they are yeah. Pretty much expecting that there's going to be a massive sweep of the House and the Senate, yeah. Because people just with the Democrats, yeah. And there's the the other reason which we covered this story because like there are other go governors' races and other elections happening today, but the Virginia one is interesting mm -hmm. because the Virginian one is a big turnaround. 
there has not been a Republican governor of Virginia since 2009. And so it's, it's a fairly heavy Democrat territory. But about a month ago, there was a debate. And Terry McAuliffe, in that debate, he essentially said that he was going to wage war against parrots. So he was saying, so Yunkin, in this debate, he says, you believe school systems should tell children what to do. Yunkin said to McAuliffe, I believe parents should be in charge of their own of their kids' education. In response, McAuliffe said, I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Oh, whoopsie. Whoops. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's a big whoopsie. When talking about conservatives, when talking about parents, yeah. like like conservative parents, because parents yeah. who are concerned about what the children are teaching, but concerned about what their children are seeing in schools, mm-hmm. and it's almost referencing this one woman who went into the school board and said, hey, I took out this book. It, mm-hmm. it contained a graphic sex scene in which a nine-year-old, I think it was a nine-year-old, performed oral sex on an adult. This mm-hmm. is a book that you can find in your school's library. And he's like, yeah, parents shouldn't be able to go into school's libraries and see what we're actually letting kids take out and what we're letting kids read. <laughs> parents yeah, shouldn't that's, decide that that's their the children are being here. taught. It's like, yeah. are you insane? <laughs> he's essentially, because of course what he's saying is that children should be wards, not of their parents, but of the mm-hmm. state. Children should be instructed what to do by the state. They should have all of their education by the state. The parents Mm -hmm. should basically just be, okay, here's your food. Here's your water. Here's your shelter. Now go off to the state to be brainwashed. (laughs) And that's what this guy actually believes. And so that was the start of his tumble in popularity. Uh, What he said, what he said is basically like saying like, it's like, like uh, like you know, oh, we fa- we we went in there and we found that you're like recording porn out out in like one of the classrooms. Like, well, the real problem here is that we're letting parents come into the school to be able to see these things. So that's really the real problem is we need to stop letting parents we have need access to, stop to exposing what we're doing. What the school board we need to have about. more. We need to have more more limits on parents' uh, ability to yeah. to look at what's going on behind closed doors. That's really the problem here. Yeah, like, Ch- parents exposing us—they're the real terrorists. That's the real problem here. Not I'm sure our, he was like, super you know, happy when Merrick Garland said that parents who go to school board meetings and issue threats are domestic terrorists. Of course he was. Yeah, but yeah. and and Merrick Garland was like he was crucified in the oh, Senate he was. because they they basically called him. So like, what basis do you have? For going after these parents, just like um, uh, you know, uh, was that the letter that they sent you? Uh, uh, kind of. It's like I did that. Know. Did you do any? Did you have any other reason to believe this was true? Uh, 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 yes. Like this guy was supposed to be on the Supreme Court. I'm so glad he's not. Oh, this guy would have been a disaster, nightmare on the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court, nightmare Supreme Court. But yeah, and then another thing that started that kept the ball rolling against Terry McAuliffe. Was the Loudoun County story, which was Mm. exposed by the Daily Wire a few weeks ago about how the Loudoun County School Board was covering up a rape of another student. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that on Thursday during our Rant of the Week. Mm -hmm. No, Douche of the Week segment. Douche of the Week. So hold on to that topic for just a second. If Terry McAuliffe loses, Youngkin should just be like, thanks, Daily Wire. (laughs) Because, yeah, it's a big deal. Because <laughs> so much of... I'm part of the, uh, like... You're part of the what? 
Oh, he's going to be part of that. Uh, what's that? That club that they have? Like not the Bug Club, but oh, the what does the Daily Wire I have? Like, it's called the, Daily Wire members. The tears. Yeah, but they have like the oh, leftist the tears. Leftist tier, like getting a left, like send him a signed leftist tears tumbler. Be like, you're yeah, welcome. yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> that would be fun. There you go, bro. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the ball was rolling so far down the hill against Tara McAuliffe that the faux Republicans, the kind of real Democrats of the Lincoln Project sense a group posing as white supremacists with tiki torches to a GOP campaign event in Virginia ahead of the state's gubernatorial election. This is from Business Insider. Mm. So people with tiki torches posed by Glenn Youngkin's bus in Charlottesville, Virginia on Friday. The Lincoln Project, an anti-Trump Republican group, it's really just in quotation mark Republican, later admitted to being behind the stunt. They said it was to remind Virginians of the 2017 white supremacists Unite the Right rally. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that they were doing this as a desperate stunt to try and get people t- to try and convince people to vote Democrat is insane. Yeah, like we already know that there's been fake hate crime after fake hate crime after fake mm-hmm. hate crime after fake mm-hmm. hate crime, mm-hmm. and it's just like, shouldn't you know by now that you're just, just going to get exposed and it's going to look bad for you? Because mm-hmm. it just paints your side, which, let's face it, the Lincoln Lincoln Project is a bunch of ex-Republicans that have turned Democrat. Yeah. And all they are is liars and frauds. And it's it's amazing to me how this is such a common trend on the left. Like, you got, like, the, the, we, we know the left, like, will actually get paid demonstrators or writers. They'll actually pay people to go and cause havoc. In different places, like you know, you get George paid Soros. Yeah, like you get like oh, what, was the, what was the what was the other one? Like you get like the uh, uh, fake actors pretending to be sick in a hospital, crisis so actors. They, yeah, crisis actors, so they can pretend like you know, oh, I wish I would have gotten a vaccine. It's like, oh, here's your money. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, it's like it's this is such a common thing in the, in the left, and this is. is what happens when you have when you develop an ends justifies the means. Every time attitude, you basically everything is justified if you as think it will get you, you the result. Win. Doesn't matter how much you go go out, you know, like you know how bad you go down out with it. But the, these people too, look at their outfits. You can tell, like it, it literally looks like they just went to like the thrift store and just found some like shirts just just for this event. Like they don't even fit them properly. Like no, look at yeah, the girls. This is like the Walmart girls fits. Yeah, like the, the girls' outfits, like even and look khaki like pants. Them. Yeah, and they're it's all like, like they, they, they went to the they organized this like department. Two, yeah, they they organized this like you know, ten minutes before. Huh? One of them is black. I know, I know. It's just <laughs> like you are pretending to be a white supremacist. It's like, uh huh. You're black. Oh, what are you geez. doing? <laughs> and I mean, like, let's face it too. Like, look at look at what they're 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 all wearing baseball hats. And like yeah. glasses, they're doing a poor job. But like you know, clearly they're they're like you know like oh we're gonna be undercover. No one's undercover is us. a publicity stunt. Yeah, exactly. And like like it was it's not like, even hard for people. It's to, like the to FBI who were hiding at like that Washington D.C. rally, which was entirely put on <laughs> by like the FBI a few weeks back. And everybody's like, don't yeah. go to this. It's just put on by the FBI. <laughs> but yeah, like that's how they look. That's. Yeah. It's just like, you look like a bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you're fooling? And the answer, of course, once they were exposed, is nobody. They weren't fooling anybody. 
Because guess what? If you're prominent in activism as a Democrat, and a lot of them are, then you get exposed really quickly. Like they were exposed within hours of being Democrats. It didn't even take long. It was like a poorly planned Oh, it was one. so <laughs> quick. Yeah. Like this election, I hope, like I hope that Youngkin decimates him. I mm-hmm. hope that the numbers come out and it's not 51% for Yunkin. It's like 60% for Yunkin. Mm-hmm. I doubt it will happen. But the Democrats and the left need to be told and need to be shown that the American people and that hopefully up in Canada will finally wake up to this nonsense that this is not mm-hmm. acceptable practices and this is not how you convince people to vote for you. It works in Canada, which is stupid. And it says a lot about the failing mm-hmm. intelligence, like the diminishing levels of intelligence that we have here in Canada. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Trudeau, like you know, declaring the Proud Boys to be a de- de- uh, domestic terror group. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, other t- there's there's such thing as a left wing terror group that doesn't happen. Yeah, never happens. Well, I, I, we think back in, I think of back in like 2015, like even back in 2015, mm-hmm. there were a lot of Canadians that believed wholeheartedly. That Stephen Harper was this flaming racist. Yeah, of course he did. And it was a big deal. I was told by many people, it's like, oh, he's a racist. Like, he only likes mm-hmm. white people. I'm like, where on earth would you have heard that? It's just like, well, everyone believes that. It's like, CPC. No. They would never lie. They would never lie. Ooh, <laughs> CBC never lying. But if I, here's the too, thing. Here's no. the thing. Like you know, back in like this was such a big thing in 2019. 2019, and people people have forgotten this very quickly. We had one of the worst, like you know, like problems with um, people were like like basically hijacking railway kind of tracks and all mm-hmm. sorts of places, and pretty much shutting down the ability for like you know transport to go move across Canada. This was like happening everywhere, mm-hmm. and, and like the, nobody was doing anything about it. Like the, these people were treated with like the biggest kids gloves ever. Well, and it, if anybody tried to do about it, like I remember up in Edmonton, there was a guy who just like tried to like demolish his thing. Yeah, he tried to like take a sledgehammer and like move them, and then anything yeah. that he couldn't move, he took a sledgehammer to break it, and the cops yeah. arrested him. Yes, of course it did. It's like what? Because they're all they're all in on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're well, protected. Yeah, it's like the the left, I've said this before, the only privileged class is leftism. Mm-hmm. They're the only group in society that can do whatever they want yep. and escape scot-free. And then what was that uh, what was his name? Um uh one of the one of the rebel reporters, uh Menchies. Um mm-hmm. he went he went to this one like you know, like like little shutdown they have. They have oh, a little like, camp yeah. there. In he Toronto. Camp there. And then he actually went to talk to the police who were like literally right down like a little ways and they're all threatening him they're like well you need to leave the area right now or you're gonna get arrested for trespassing it's like wait you're gonna arrest me for trespassing but right down there not even like 20 feet from where we are public intoxication pretty, pretty much occupying like a public space illegal, illegal and, public space yep and, and like, like all sorts of criminal acts happening in these. Like, there was assault, there was rapes that were happening in these tents. Police were. never got involved. No, never. No, of course they never. Never. It's incredible, the, the, the double standards there. It's like, oh, it's like not even, not it's even baffling. I'm it. not even surprised anymore by all these double standards. No. It's, it's shocking. So yep. But, right. let's talk about more double standards. Yay! <laughs> the ultimate double standards. Oh, yeah. let's talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. 
So this is from the BBC, and then we're going to have kind of a counterpoint from the Daily Wire. Kyle Rittenhouse trial. When can you shoot as self-defense? So the BBC <laughs> is... They're, they're okay, but in this, they're just bad. So mm -hmm. last year, U.S. teen shot three people during unrest on the streets of Wisconsin. Attorneys at his murder trial will argue he acted in self-defense. The trial started yesterday. Mm -hmm. So Rittenhouse, 18, is charged with killing two men and wounding another during disorder on the streets of Kenosha last August. <laughs> disorder. Disorder. Yeah, the streets yeah, are on fire that. and, you know, <laughs> disorder. That's, that's like that. That's like that uh, CNN report where, like, the guy standing in front of a flaming building is, like, mostly peaceful, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like... Yeah, mostly like, peaceful. Sure it is, buddy. Sure it is. So, at, as the trial began on Tuesday, prosecutors argued that the Illinois native came looking for trouble. That's a complete lie. Uh -huh. Mr. Rittenhouse has pleaded not guilty, and his lawyers say he feared for his life. What are the facts? The 17-year-old Rittenhouse traveled from his home in Antioch, Illinois, to Kenosha in neighboring Wisconsin with an AR-style semi-automatic rifle in tow. The teen was responding to a call on social media for armed Americans to help protect property from unrest on the streets. You know why? Because the police were told to stand down. And because he actually worked at the place where he was trying to, like, you know, help yes. protect. Well, he worked, he worked close by, I think. And yeah. he was told, and, like, he was uh, encouraged by the owner to help out. Yeah. So local officials had declared a state of emergency two days earlier amid mass protests and street unrest over the shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man. The incident came three months after a national outcry over the police murder. Well, mm -hmm. Yeah. Proven in a court of law, but not really. It was a terrible yeah. trial. We all know. We all know. We covered it many, many times. It's like, like one of our most popular videos on shoot. At best, at best, it was manslaughter. Yes. So bystander video captures Rittenhouse being chased into the car park of a used car dealership by Joseph Rosenbaum. Moments later, unseen on video, Rittenhouse fires four times and kills Rosenbaum. We're going to go over in the deep, in the Daily Wire thing, why he was justified in doing so. As he runs down mm -hmm. the street away from the scene, it doesn't say the here, but he was actually trying to surrender to the police. Mm -hmm. He falls, and multiple people converge on him. He falls because people are chasing him. Yes. And they were like, we're going to kill you for because shooting one that guy, guy. Also because he fell, because one guy behind him ran by and took mm -hmm. a nice smack at him from yeah. behind. So... And this is Anthony Huber. Hits him in the head and neck with a skateboard. Mr. Rittenhouse kills him with a bullet to the stomach. After the guy tries to after steal his the, gun. After the guy tries to steal his gun. Head, neck, skateboard, tries to steal your gun. Rittenhouse shoots him. Yep. Easy. Gage mm -hmm. Cross Crits. Gross, gross, gross quits. Approaches him with a pistol. Uh, and, like, approaches him with a pistol, but initially tries to, like, fake surrendering. And then mm -hmm. Rittenhouse, like, temporarily puts his gun down. And he has then... to actually put a gun down. Well, he takes it away, but he also clears a jam. Yeah. And then has enough skill to be able to go up and oh, shoot he was, him. He was good with the gun. Yeah. And then he's now facing six counts, including reckless homicide, intentional homicide, and recklessly endangering safety. If convicted, he could spend decades in prison. So, that's what they say. Like, this is mm -hmm. what the BBC is saying. They kind of leave out a bunch of really interesting information. So mm -hmm. this is from the Daily Wire. Legal experts say Kyle Rittenhouse has strong self-defense claim. We also believe that here. Mm -hmm. Legal experts are saying Kyle Rittenhouse, who fatally shot two rioters last summer, has a strong case for arguing self-defense based on the law of self-defense and precedent. So we already went over what he's facing. 
Prominent Colorado attorney and author Andrew Bronca believes Rittenhouse should be acquitted based on the facts of the case, though he noted the high-profile case is not entirely predictable, adding instant people get convicted all the time. Under self-defense law and precedent, Rittenhouse's motives for being in Kenosha are relevant to whether he had a legal right to shoot when threatened, some legal experts say. What matters is what happened in the middle minutes surrounding the shooting. The lawyer noted that whether Rittenhouse was legally carrying the gun or not shouldn't factor into his right to self-defense. If I had a 17-year-old son, I would not encourage him to engage in this type of behavior, but poor judgment is not a crime. His decision to go to the rioting area to help business owners, noting the defendant has a strong case for self-defense, according to the Associated Press. Another yeah, lawyer... I don't know. I don't know. Can we stop for a sec? Yeah, sure. Uh, so one thing that's important, like, you know, like, and I, I, it gets lost in this whole thing. But like people, like even the BBC, they said like you know, oh he he like you know the uh, the the, the prosecutors argue there. that he went in there looking for trouble. He yeah. was looking no, and I'm like, there's so many videos that make of it him super obvious, super obvious that he's there to provide uh, first aid, like which he did. He's there to put out fires, which he did. He's there to like you know help people, and he was not there. Uh, like you know, for like to to kill people, he was he brought the gun because he knew he is in the minority. He is like there's a mob of people, many many of them angry, many of them very aggressive. And let's face it, the people that he ended up shooting are all convicted, like you know, like uh like troublemakers like, in different like ways. Was a child predator. Three of them are pedophiles, convicted yeah. pedophiles. I didn't and know all three of them, but crazy. Yeah, all three of them are like have like you know like uh, pedophilia uh, charges or or like you know or accusations or something like that, right? And they're all they'll have violent histories. These are violent people. So like, why wouldn't you bring a gun to protect yourself in like you know these kind of situations, right? So yeah, yeah you can go on. So this is this is something that's very interesting. This came out last week, but we didn't talk about it last week because we wanted to talk about it when. The trial was going on. Kenosha County Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder ruled last Monday that prosecutors are barred from referring to the men shot by Rittenhouse as victims, while the defense team was permitted to refer to them as rioters and looters, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what they were. Shorter and they have evidence that those people were doing that. Oh, yeah. Shorter explained to the defense team they may not refer to those shot in such terms during opening statements, but they can, d- can do so in closing arguments if the evidence backed it up. The Chicago Tribune reported, according to The Hill, he can demonize them if he wants, if he thinks it will win points with the jury, the judge reportedly has said. The word victim is a loaded, loaded word, Schroeder added, telling prosecution they can't use the term victim to refer to those shot. So, what do I think is going to be the outcome of this case? Unfortunately, I think this is going to happen exactly the way the George Floyd trial went. There is going to be so much public pressure. There's going to be so much threats of unrest, violence, looting, rioting. And those in the jury, even though there is a significant effort to make sure that their names and their identities are kept hidden, they will eventually come to light and their families will be threatened. And there will probably be reports to be like, oh, yeah, if you rule to acquit, then we'll burn your houses down. We'll kill your family. Yeah, this is what the left does. I, I know, but I think that there's okay. There's there's some important differences to 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 kind of point out here. Like you know, okay, with the George Floyd case, that one was not quite as cut and dry. It was whether or not, like you know, like whether or not the the, the like you know the officers like on his neck, like was the or cause of his death. Like you know, there was there was so many different like you know Aspects evidence in, in there. But it, 
Yeah, but like it was, it was difficult to ascertain whether or not his actions directly caused his death or not. Um, I, I think it seems likely based on the the guys, like you know, like uh, drug levels, behavior, and a lot of other things. Seems likely, like it, it was not a he wasn't responsible, but you mm-hmm. know, like it was close enough that they could make that case with Kyle Rittenhouse right from the beginning. And I'm just getting more and more info today, like watching the live stream for uh, Lottery Crowder. Um, you get more and more info that it just makes a stronger and stronger case. The kid had, you need motive in order to, to justify a crime. Like, you know, that he went in there like looking to, to hit people. He had no motive. There's not even a defense uh, for he had like a first motive. aid kit. He had a first aid kit and he was shown, he didn't just claim he had it, he was shown using it and shown. And he helped out protesters there. earlier in the day. He did. So, like, and then you look at the uh, the uh, the video evidence of the other guys, and particularly like uh, the guy he shot, and you you see him making threats already early on in the day. He's already threatening people. He's already accusing people. And then you find out later. I saw in the video that he this guy actually had a weapon. He had a chain, like a metal chain that he was chasing Kyle Rittenhouse with when he was going after him. So this was this wasn't an unarmed man. Uh, you know, going after Kyle, he was like literally trying to beat him because, and why? And he, that guy had a motive because he, Kyle Rittenhouse, was putting out fires that this guy has tried to start, and so he's pissed that he's like interfering in his writing, the social statement. Yeah, and so like this guy has, like you know, he has this guy has a motive for why he's going after Kyle. Kyle has some. Kyle has no motive to kill him, and the, and the fact that he. After this guy goes, like, literally lunges at him, trying to go after him, literally trying to take his gun so he could shoot him, and Kyle fires, like, in self-defense, um, and the fact that Kyle goes back around to check if he's, like, you know, if, you yeah. know, like, you know, if he's okay or if he's still kind of going, shows that Kyle... There's like, no the, malice. There's absolutely zero malice. He went out of his way to try to see... You know, if if like you know, if he if he's only lightly wounded, maybe he can do something now that the threat is over. Um, and then as he's running away, uh, a couple of things that came to mind: that he didn't shoot anybody while he's running away. It's only when people came at him with weapons that he shot them. And the the most important one was the guy who came at him with the gun, the the, the final guy that he shot. This guy had a gun, and he was actually going around trying, basically trying to catch him off guard, and he was going to shoot him point blank with mm-hmm. his gun. The fact that Kyle not only was quick enough to, to see what's happening, but that he shot him in the arm. Yep. This shows that Kyle has incredible precision. Yep. He's a very he's, – he's, he's a skilled marksman. That gun. He's a skilled marksman. The fact that he could shoot him in the arm is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And that shows if he really wanted to kill this guy – yeah, he, he he usually could have. It wouldn't it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. hard. And other people would have like if if it was someone else, someone who's like you know thinks that their life is in danger, they may mm-hmm. have actually gone for the kill shot. Yep. But no, he didn't. what should what should be happening? To, like if we lived in a just society, you'd be acquitted very very quickly, easily and yeah. easily, and then he would be immediately offered a job as like a firearms instructor. <laughs> Or like security guard, or who knows what, well, like, right? like, or you know, a cop. Yeah, or a cop. Yeah, it's like you have shown, even in exceptionally tense situations, that you can hold your own. Yeah, and that you are not going to be shooting willy nilly, and you're not like ah, like in a tense situation. No, you have rifle discipline, you have trigger discipline, 
and you have control over your emotions in a tense situation, mm-hmm. you would be an ideal person yeah. for a role as a cop. But yeah, yeah. And if he gets acquitted, I mean, there's going to be the, serious uh, stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, look at the difference too. With um, okay, so look at the difference with Cal Rittenhouse versus like any of the guys that the heroes of the BLM movement. George Floyd is an absolute like like you know like a villain. He's a yep. terrible human being, and they treat him as like a hero. Oh, he's a because saint. he's a victim. He's a saint because he's a victim, right? Yeah. Jacob Blake, the guy who oh, they're Jacob rioting in this in this case, he is a, he is the scum of the earth. He mm-hmm. literally is a terrible human being who absolutely deserved no sympathy. But he's held up as this pillar of the left, leftist. Like yeah. you know, he's like a hero. Leftist like, They almost need to have a statue in his name. He was Whereas, in the pro- as when they shot him. He was in the process of abducting his girlfriend's kids. Yeah, that's what he was in the process of doing. Yeah. He was not only in the process of trying to reach for a knife to stab the cop, but he was in the process of abducting his girlfriend's children, and they honor him and glorify him as a saint. Yeah, and they they gave his. A fund for him, so the tune of about two hundred. What was it? Was it two million dollars? Uh, stupid. I think yeah, it was the two or seven million dollars. It's like this yeah. is what you're giving to a person who's trying, who has raped his girlfriend several times and is trying to abduct his girlfriend's kids. Yeah, you are glorifying the scum of humanity. Yeah, the villains are being like you know treated as the the ultimate as heroes. The heroes. And look at look at look at Kyle. Kyle is actually legitimately like a. A commendable guy, like a very mm-hmm. commendable, oh, like yeah, you know, is. like everything, everything that he did. I'm like, wow, wow, like good bravo, man, bro, good on you, well like, done. I like, hate that he had to. I hate that he was there. I hate yeah. that he felt compelled to be there. But the entire reason that he was there is due to the failure of the police department and the failure of the criminal justice system in yeah. Minnesota, no, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. That's the entire reason that he was there because of the failure of the system. Yep. And the cops that were there thanked him. Mm-hmm. They thanked him for doing what they could not. Because a lot of mm-hmm. the cops wanted to step in and say, no, if you burn that building, you're going to be arrested. But they were told not to. They were told to stand yep. down and well, let all this, this crap happen. Yeah, Let BLM and these rioters ruin lives. Mm-hmm. And Kyle stood up and said, I cannot abide by this. And and there's there's something else to be said right now. What one of the things that's happening in our society, which is really terrible, is that good, like goodness, righteousness, like doing good, is now regarded as evil. Yeah. Like like people are being like people who do what's what's actually right, moral, and just are actually punished for doing so. But people who do the opposite, who do evil, who do crime, who do murder, who, who uh, you know like um, who do terrible things. They're they're protected. They are the and, great heroes. And not only are they protected, but they're also considered like, oh well, they they like they're victims. They, you know, they they like they're justified and they're held mm-hmm. up as like moral arbiters of good. It's incredible, yeah. like the way the things go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Right? It's absolutely incredible how warped our society has become, and that uh-huh. leads straight into our next story. Mm-hmm. So this is a story, and this is a video. So this is published on Michael Knowles' YouTube channel but it's just so that we can have easy access to the video. So let's just watch, and then we can talk about it later. This is my daughter. Hi. She's nine. We're about to blind react to something. Okay. What does that say? 
Hold on, dear. What is it saying? That back the COVID vaccine for kids is so next week should be clear for kids through five to eleven. What does that mean for you? I can go with my friends. Yeah. I can finally you know go outside, go to stores. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I thought it was gonna be like in a couple months. No, okay, it's next week. <laughs> She's white. You need to get vaccinated. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I had one reaction. So I was watching that. I didn't watch it on Michael Knowles' YouTube channel initially. I watched it on Matt Walsh's YouTube channel initially. And Matt Walsh's initial channel was, you don't love your kid. You do not love that child. If that mm -hmm. is what you were willing to put her through. And what you should be facing is instead of getting a hug from your kid, you should be taken out of that house in chains. Because what you have done to that child is so reprehensible and so evil that the only thing that you deserve for the rest of your life is prison. You have kept your child locked inside that... Like that child said, I can go outside again. I can go to stores. I can see my friend again. You have kept your child in your house for nine... Not for nine months, for 18 months. Yeah, who knows you how kept, long? I know. Basically, since COVID has started. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're scared for yourself. Mm -hmm. You cannot be scared for a child. Only an absolute moron, which this woman probably is actually, is actually scared for children. Yeah. Because there is no data to support that children are at risk. Zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these people, this is this is somewhat similar to that story from Toronto last year. The story from the Peel region, where the family's like, oh yeah, like my child got COVID, but I didn't, so I locked them inside their room for two weeks. Because mm -hmm. that's what the school board told me to do. It's like... No, 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 that's not what well, happened. They, they, that's they, that's they, what they the, claimed. The school board said that that's what you should do, and people got outraged. No, a parent actually did it. The parent actually... A parent like, said, yeah, I followed the instructions of the school board, and I kept my child in the room for two weeks, and they were wailing and bashing against the door and screaming, let me out, let me out, let me out. And they're like, no, the school board told us not to. Oh. And I'm like, I don't care what the school board says. If the school board says that you should whip your kid, are you going to do it? Some people might, but the same people won't. This woman is not an example of a sane person. This is uh, an example so, of an evil person. But Danny, yeah. go ahead. I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. On the surface, that's exactly like you know what this looks like. Um, what, a, what, a, something that that people don't realize, we are, we are witnessing one of the most powerful and most aggressive propaganda and fear brainwashing, uh, you know, like you know, psyops we've ever seen that's in true. human history. And like to be fair, like you know, like uh, this is this this kind of like you know, um, like targeted and strategic uh, indoctrination of people. Has has been done in history. Like the the Germans did this against their own populace. Nazi Germany. Uh, Goebbels, you know, like Minister Goebbels was a brilliant, brilliant guy in how to completely convince an entire populace of a complete and total lie. And they had all sorts of like uh, strategies to it. The Soviets did it as well. The Soviets learned how to manipulate, how to like like you know completely brainwash people into believing things that weren't true. And we're this is happening now. 
Uh, I know a guy, we, me and Stephen know a guy from our church who used to work for the Canadian uh, Army, and he was very familiar with PSYOPs. He yeah. knew it because he did. He participated in them in other countries. In and when he saw it, how when he saw it happening here, he was super concerned. He's like, "Why are we doing this very psyop Psyops on operation people. on people in Canada?" So the reason I bring this up is because we encounter people on a regular basis who are so convinced, so like it's so aggressively, like it's almost like built in now to their way of thinking that you can't talk them out of it. That they are so convinced that this is true that they mm -hmm. can't like no no amount of reason no amount of like you know like like you know nothing no amount of evidence will will talk them out of it and this is why it's dangerous because we constantly run into people that are so convinced that this virus is so dangerous and are so convinced that this virus is super dangerous to children that they they're they're terrified of like their kids getting exposed to it. And worse, you hear stories about children waking up in the middle of the night having horrible nightmares or night terrors and waking up peeing their bed and being absolutely like, you know, like terrified because they're afraid their their mom or dad's gonna die, that they're gonna kill like grandma, they're gonna kill they're, they're uh -huh. gonna die. Like this is the kind of like serious panic that these people are, are giving into. And the and the reason why this is so egregious, it's because it's not true. They don't realize that they are being manipulated by a government that is trying to justify this. And because they know that the evidence is overwhelmingly against vaccinating children. Oh, yeah. Because the, 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 the statistical chance of children getting dying, dying from COVID is statistically zero. It fact, is yeah. so low. It is, it's, it's, it's literally statistically zero. And yet... They're trying to scare parents into believing that children are not only a huge threat to die from COVID, but are a huge threat of killing others with COVID. Yeah, but here, spreading it and here's some basic others. facts that, yeah, here's some basic facts about kids. One, kids by, by far rarely, if ever, die from COVID. It is insanely rare. Two, children don't spread COVID to others. This is also incredibly Much rare. To do so, yes. It is incredibly rare for kids to spread it to others. Most likely, they get it from adults. Three, kids don't need masks because they're asymptomatic. Yeah. And since they don't spread it because they don't get serious outcomes, like if anybody should have be no idea how to use a mask. No. All the things that we're doing to children are absolutely, like none of them are based on science. But people have been so indoctrinated to believe that this is the most dangerous virus in human history. They believe that their kids will die. This poor little girl is living in absolute abject fear. Yep. And absolute fear. She's, and she has no idea the potential harms that this thing could do to her. She yep. has no clue. It's all about excitement. Well, like, her mother is acting like a lot of these governments. It's just like, oh, you can have your freedom. Only if you take this experimental drug, only if you do exactly what I tell you, then you can have basic human rights and dignity again. Yeah. And, and you hear, you hear a comment at the end, the mom, mm -hmm. she's like, this is why this you need is, to get vaccinated. Yeah. Well, I and think, I'm like, yeah, she said, this no. is why you, but she also said she is why you need to get vaccinated. Yeah. And it's like, no, no. Hello. Because like, no, if there's, if there's one group of people that I have zero, like almost virtually no fear of getting sick with COVID, it's kids. It's kids. Yeah, kids should be like the freest people out there. Yep. 
but and they're if being, you like yeah. eventually of course and we know this we know they're going to do this they're no we know they're going to pressure kids to take the vaccine if they want to be involved in society if they want to go to school and i along with many other parents have just one thing to say it's four simple words over my dead body mm-hmm. that's when you can come for my kids when i'm dead because i will fight you to my last breath and every rational parent will alongside me mm-hmm. because there is no justification for this there's no justification to give it and there is absolutely no justification to force it but now we're moving on to a small win can some canadian stories we have to of course have some canadian story because i have the upside down canadian flag as my background so talking about a supreme court decision which actually somewhat went our way but i'm considering it only a half win and i'll tell yeah, you why only, only by a only by a thread so Comedian who mocked disabled child singer did not breach limits of free speech. This is from the Supreme Court. Case pitted Quebec comedian Mike Ward against former child singer Jérémy Gabriel. This is a picture of Jérémy. The exante goo is on the j- j- E and the E. So it'd be Jérémy. Mm-hmm. My goodness, French. So stupid. <laughs> a comedian who mocked a disabled child singer for a year did not breach the limits of free speech guaranteed under Quebec's hum- Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms, the Supreme Court of Canada has ruled. In a 5 4 split decision, the top court ruled Friday that while comedian Mike Ward's act ridiculed Jeremy Gabriel, the young man with Treacher Collins syndrome, he was chosen as a target not because of his disability, but because of his fame. In the ruling, the court found that Ward's joke did not seek to incite others to mock Gabriel, and he cannot be blamed for the actions of Gabriel's cabinet classmates, and others who parroted the jokes. The impugned comments were made by a career comedian known for this type of humor. They exploited, rightly or wrongly, a feeling of discomfort in order to entertain, but they did little more than that, majority judgment said. The four judgment justices who disagreed with majority ruling found that Gabrielle's right to dignity was violated and said in their dissenting decision that Ward's appeal should be dismissed. So, in 2016, and we talked about this back in episode 2. Of when we were the half-blind hecklers. Episode 2, when we talked about freedom of speech. He was ordered to pay $35,000 in moral and punitive damages for comments he made about Gabrielle, who has a congenital disorder characterized by skull and facial abnormalities. The ruling is significant because of the first time the Supreme Court has heard a case where it has to rule on the balance between a person's right to live in dignity and the right to free speech in the context of a comedian's act. But, yes, this is this is a win in the fact that they didn't uphold this ruling but barely it is a it's a minor win because it's only a 5-4 so it was just like squeaking by mm-hmm. and they still said it's like if he was actually mocking him for his disability they would have sided with gabrielle mm-hmm. no that's not what freedom of speech is if if i mock somebody because they're disabled yeah I'm a jerk. Sure. I'm a big bully. But am I committing a hate crime? No. I'm mm-hmm. not committing a hate crime. I am not because 
That's what free speech is. It is the freedom to express your speech. Whether you're mocking someone is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you're mocking them for. Free speech is freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And when the government, like we talked about this zillions of times, when the government decides what speech is appropriate and what speech is not, then you start to get into limitations of speech. Like mm-hmm. we see with Bill C-16. Like we see with conversion therapy laws. Mm-hmm. These, that's where this goes. It's what speech is appropriate. Now, of course, you can't refer to someone by the wrong pronouns. Now, you can't talk to someone about potentially reverting back from homosexuality, about Mm -hmm. untransing themselves. Like, this is the limit. This is what Canada has gone to. When you start to restrict free speech on the basis of the idea of hate speech, then it just moves on progressively from there. Yeah, look, there's a, there's a really good joke that I, I think kind of helps to kind of illustrate this idea. Um, there's a joke about uh, Sir Winston Churchill, uh, you know, the famous, like, you know, British Prime, uh, Prime Minister during the uh, World yeah. War II. And he was, like, talking to, the, to this lady, uh, you know, the, this lady that he was meeting. And they were talking about, like, you know, pot- potentially having sex together and all that. And the lady's like, you know, like, oh, yes, I'd love to have sex with you and all that. And he's like, you know, like, oh, okay, so how about, um, you know, for, how about for, uh, what was it, um, He's like, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you five, five shillings. It's like, sir, what do you take me for? Some common whore? He's like, well, we already know you're a whore. Now we're just haggling over the price. <laughs> I, I thought like, you were going to refer to one of the other stories. Yeah, yeah, so, something like that, right? But like, the idea is that, like, like at that point, it's like, it's clear she's a whore. Now it's like the price. That what's yeah. the price for that she's willing to go? How mm-hmm. how high or low? That's really the only the only question. The problem with free speech is that, uh, first of all. It's a human right. It's established as a human right that the right to speak is considered a human right, which means that it, if, if, if the rights were originally understood as not given by government, but given by God, God is the, like they recognize the where, did these, these rights, yeah, where did these rights come from? And they were established by God as unalienable, which means that under no circumstances could the government uh, take them away. However, Somewhere in the mid eight, like 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 late eighteen hundreds to mid nineteen or early nineteen hundreds, that started to change, and now government started taking over and and basically declaring, "We, you get our rights from us. We get to tell you when you know when you rights when you have rights and when you don't." And this is coming to fruition today in a big way because you have like government saying, "Like, well, your rights are privileges, and you have to do certain things in order to get them." Now. The biggest thing with free speech is that uh, there's people who've said that every other right that may have been lost can be regained as long as you have free speech. Yes. If you lose free speech, like it's like it's, it's like the, the linchpin, linchpin that everything is based upon. So the reason why Stephen and I would defend, like you know, would defend somebody's saying something horrible rather than allow a government to punish it is because we know the second you start making uh, subjective the the standard for what uh-huh. is allowed speech is the second that like free speech doesn't exist anymore yeah. because now it's just that it's just a free-for-all and the government gets to decide what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say and now we're going back into the kind of governments that free like that rights were designed to protect us from yeah we're going well, back, back of course, like right now 
we're already like I was saying that we're in the area of compelled speech with Bill 16, but I failed to mention that we're also facing in the we're in the realm of compelled speech with what's the ruling regarding pastor art. Mm. It's like, oh, if you espouse an opinion and you publicly state an opinion that goes against the public health mandates, you must say this. You must say yeah. the appar- that I am going against the public health guidelines. I'm going against established science. That is compelled speech. And unfortunately, if that case went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court of Canada would Probably likely side with the justice. Yep. They would side with the courts because if they barely decided on this, which should just be nine zip, open and shut case, free speech, doesn't matter. Who gets offended by it? It's free speech, as long as he's not threatening, as long as he's not inciting. Yep. Like, even if he's inciting others to mock, that's not inciting others to violence. Mm-hmm. And what he did, while kind of rude, sure. But should he have been punished for that? No. No way. Would he have been punished in the States when free, when free speech is an enshrined right? Of course not. But here, we're in Canada. Canada doesn't have a free speech. And right. Canada Not- doesn't. No, we have freedom of expression. And freedom of expression, as we covered in the second episode, freedom of expression is kind of tolerated and it's curtailed by whether it's seen as harmful. Mm-hmm. And it takes harm in multiple ways, whether that's financial or whether that's solely based on feelings. And I have one thing to say to that. Facts don't care about your feelings. All right, Shapiro. Simmer down yep. there. Simmer down. <laughs> I'm a Jew in any day. All right, gang. All right. We're going we're gonna to move on right, to the next All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. We're going to cut this turkey now. <laughs> I was going back last that's, year. I was like looking so back with my wife. We were watching like the Ben Shapiro destroys a turkey with facts and logic. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. He's like, who prepared this turkey? It doesn't have the proper cutting. Who's telling me that I have to grease like the inside of this turkey? I feel like I'm molesting this turkey. Everyone who planned this ordeal, you're all fired. <laughs> it's just hilarious. I think I think even like Ben Shapiro said that he loved the 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 Freedom Tunes version of himself. Oh yeah, he, so he laughs so hard at it. It's yeah, so he hilarious. Thought it was, he thought it was really clever. <laughs> just the laser beams <laughs> fries their face. So funny. But now we unfortunately have to move on to not funny things. Let's put on our serious faces, Danny. Maybe our angry faces. While we talk about vaccine restrictions. Mm. So first off, we're going to start with the Halifax Soup Kitchen. The Soup Kitchen in Halifax requires people to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to enter. A soup kitchen in Halifax intended to help the city's most vulnerable will require individuals to show proof of vaccination against COVID-19 before entering its premises and accessing its services. Former Department Head of Emergency Medicine for Nova Scotia's Eastern Zone, Chris Mulburn, posted a photo of a sign at Hope Cottage on Facebook on Monday. Mulburn said Hope Cottage used to be a place where people would come and sit and have a warm meal with no judgment or questions asked. But now, if you don't happen to be carrying your Vax Pass on your $800 smartphone, good luck. He said, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. I'm totally on board with that. According to the sign, there will be no exceptions to the vaccine policy. This is the sign. 
Programs and services for vulnerable populations that cannot be offered virtually are exempted from Nova Scotia's vaccine passport system, except if meals are offered. Meals can only be provided through takeout or delivery if people cannot show proof of vaccination. Hope Cottage confirmed in a statement emailed to True North on Wednesday their sign exists and individuals entering its premises will be required to show proof of vaccination. We will be following provincial health protocols. That's not provincial health po- protocols. So they'll be reopening yesterday for meal service. The hours of operation will be 10 to 11:30 a.m. and 4:30 to 6 p.m. There'll be no longer be takeaway meals, but sandwiches will be provided at the door for people who are able to come in inside. Yeah, that, that statement goes against each other. But this, yeah. and I'm just, I'm going to jump in. And we're going to talk about these two stories right back to back because they're virtually identical because they're both about essential services. Strategic group mandates COVID-19 vaccination for new apartment renters in Alberta. Real estate firm has more than 1,500 one- and two-bedroom suites in Edmonton and Calgary. A Calgary-based real estate company is requiring COVID-19 vaccinations for all new residents as well as its employees. The group, which rents out more than 1,500 suites in Calgary and Edmonton, announced its new policy on Thursday. We knew that vaccination against COVID is the only way we're going to get through this pandemic and back to normal, said the company's chief operating officer, Tracy Steeman. No. Nothing in that statement is actually based no, on science. Nothing. Just we, nothing. Yeah. Quote, we want to stress the importance of other landlords to do the same. Other landlords to do the same to help end this pandemic. Under the policy, all new residents will need to be fully vaccinated prior to moving into their new home. And prospects of tenants waiting for to tour rental property will also have to show proof of vaccinations. Existing tenants won't be forced to move out if they're not vaccinated yet. But they won't be permitted to common areas like fitness areas and party rooms without fi- proof of vaccinations. Our residents are telling us that they value knowing that all their neighbors are vaccinated and they feel even safer in their own homes. Yeah, because that's a reason to, like, you know, do this. Yeah. Jeez. No. This, all together. Yeah. Say it with me. It's f- a short word. It has four letters. Evil. Evil. Yeah. These are essential services. Food and shelter. And Food for the most desperate among us. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be, of course, akin to saying, okay, you can't go to the grocery store without a vaccine, which they're pushing to do. Mm-hmm. That's, what's, that's what the Superstore Union wants. They don't want to have going over the intercom. Oh, yes, we have to respect those who, don't, who choose not to wear masks or who can't wear masks. They want the stores to be shut down until there's proof of vaccination to go get groceries. They want people who choose not to be vaccinated to be put to the back of the line, to be second-class citizens. That's what these people want. No, they're, they're worse than that. Oh, it they're is not worse even than that. Like, I'm just saying this no, is like the basics. They're not, they're not even like, you know, we, we keep using the, the word like second-class citizens, two-tier society, all that kind of stuff. It's not like that. It's, okay, so like we, like we always talk about like how, you know, like there's, um, there's Jim Crow laws, right? But people under Jim Crow had more freedom than we do. Yes, on, on vaccination. Uh, people in apartheid, you know, South Africa, they had more freedom than we do. Even people in in, in, in during a certain period of the uh, the the, the um, what do you call it the the Jewish the Jewish you know, like you no know, like like well the Jewish you know, like system? restrictions yeah the restrictions that were happening in Germany at some point had more freedom than than even we do right now. But here's the big thing: this what they're creating is different than a two tier society. They're creating. A uh, what do you call well what do you call that the uh, the, the the case system. But if people are not familiar in the case system in in India, 
There's the the very bottom oh, the rung cast system. is considered the untouchables or the uh, basically the, the these the people dregs. are so yeah they're so they're considered to be so dirty so untouchable so completely shunned that the entire society shuns them treats them like human garbage and they're like relegated to pretty much just try to eke out a living at the in, in little like you know communes up somewhere else. Only because they were born into the wrong caste. Cast. And then that, cast, yes. sorry. Cast, they're thrown into like the bottom drag society and treated as completely, they're not allowed in, into any of the four other levels of the caste yeah. system. And that's what they're creating right now. They're creating a caste system, which the, because the, they're, they're creating a system that completely and totally makes, Anybody who's unvaccinated, completely on, on like an, an absolute social outcast to the point where you're not even allowed in regular areas. And this is completely related to what that lady did to that little girl. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same thing. People are so convinced of these lies. They like the, like this, like the lady said here in this little statement, she's like, oh, the vaccines are, 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 are way this? out of this. Or how do we get through this? What she doesn't realize is that even the vaccine like creators, the vaccine companies don't believe that that's true. No. They're not even saying that these vaccines are going to solve this crisis. Well, and the vaccine creators knew that from the beginning. The vaccine creators, when they initially started marketing the vaccine, they're like, yeah, we're going to need new booster shots every six months. And they said that openly. And people, I remember people were trying to rebut me. They're like, well, that's not going to actually happen. That's just like a maybe. That's like worst case scenario. I'm like, no, that was their intent. Land. That was their intent, because guess what? The more power, the more money they can eke out from you. And of course, when their vaccines inevitably fail, then they have a fallback. And they $700 will. to $800 drugs that you can take. Yep. And then, of course, the then you take another booster shot, which makes you vulnerable to the, to the virus again. And a bunch of other viruses. Every single one. Every single one. Every single one, one completely so, reconstructed yeah, like, them. This is, yep. this is creating... A societal caste system. This is creating a system mm -hmm. of operational government, of operational society, in which if you choose to refuse, you are considered as as the Germans used to say, Untersmensch. Mm -hmm. That word translates roughly to subhuman. Yeah. Because that's how they treat those of us who mm -hmm. have still said no to this yeah. crap. It's a system of dehumanization. It People is. don't believe that we can go back to that. People are so convinced that that would never happen. I'm like, I've actually told people in, uh, in, in, in some certain situations, I've told them, I'm like, you know, now we know. You know, people always say, like, you know, oh, I wouldn't have supported Jim Crow, like, you know, at the time. I wouldn't have supported, like, slavery. I wouldn't have supported, like, the Jewish thing, like, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, 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 now we know. We know that when when the, when the chips are down and you're pushed to the point where it's it's you or you or them, we know it's you. Yeah. And you would have you would have supported you would have like like maybe you would have like not You'll supported it quietly. You'll but do even it whatever here, it takes for self preservation. Even here, even here, you're doing it willingly and knowingly and happily. Yes. And there's people who are absolutely like becoming like like really horrible, hateful people. Like oh, yeah. we're 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 no longer. The, the the kind you know kind hearted people that we used to be i mean think about it like the like a soup kitchen these are the most desperate people these are people who are struggling to survive 
who don't have homes, who have mental health issues, who have all sorts of things. They're struggling just to be able to like to even to, to even to like eke live out a day. of bare living. Yes, and here they they think somehow they think that it's more important to protect the like them from getting like you know uh, from, from getting like a mild flu, a mild flu. As opposed to like dying of starvation outside, they're like, "Oh, here's a sandwich, you know, like, go off into your little corner and yeah. eat like a rat." They're basically feeding them like rats. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what they're doing. Like, oh, they're you're well, too and dirty. Of course, and like, if they're willing to say, "Well, you can't sit down," like we're getting like it's going to be cold out there. Yeah, like it's not going to be as cold as it is here in Nova Scotia, but it still gets to have crazy snowfalls. And if you say. In the soup kitchen, in and like moving forward in the homeless shelters, you mm-hmm. can't enter unless you have a vaccine. You mm-hmm. are willingly and openly condemning these people to death. Yeah. And you do so under the impression, well, if we would all just obey, then we could go back to normal life. <laughs> this is like the, the, the perfect example of that. What was that book, Stephen? The the kids' book. Uh, if you give a mouse a, a cookie or something like that. I think it's what it's, what it's called. called? Yeah. yeah, like there's a there's a book called "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie," and the whole idea is that if you give a cookie, mouse a cookie, he's gonna want a glass of milk. If you give him a glass of milk, he's gonna want this. Yeah, and it's just on gonna, and on more, nonstop. And more and more. Keep keep asking for more. People don't realize that this is this is a never ending cycle. Like, cycle. It's just. They're going to ask for more, and then there's going to be more, and then there's going to be more. And people think like, oh, if only those unvaccinated people would get the stinking vaccine, mm-hmm. then we'd be out of this. Not realizing that this was always part of their plan. Yeah, they always knew that there was going, they were going to get the the majority of the population was going to get it, and then the and people they would that were turn hesitant, the majority well, against the minority. Yes, and then the and people that were like maybe hesitant, then they would give them bribes, and then like oh, you'd have a whole bunch more people getting the bribes. And then you start, you know, throwing some like you know curveballs, and then finally the really, really stubborn, the people that w- won't get it under any circumstances, eventually they're going to put them into like, you know, quarantine in a, camps, in, in, internment camps, or in isolation ghettos. camps as they turn them, which are oh, ghettos. They're gonna be ghettos. Yeah, yeah they're going like to be ghettos, this- but they'll be labeled isolation camps. Of course they will. Oh, they, they, they like what was it like? They don't even call them detention camps in Saskatchewan, even though like you know it's like that's exactly what you're doing. You're detaining people. Uh, putting them in like you know places that are not allowed to leave under any circumstances. Like they're already doing it in Australia. Yeah, and yeah, like well, we're, the we're, stuff we're, in which they're doing in Australia. Like we don't have official conf- confirmation of this, but Danny and I have both heard rumors mm-hmm. that people who are unvaccinated, if they go to the bank, the bank will confiscate their funds. Yeah, your money. This yeah, is your money. There was money also there is also an official report in Australia that. If you don't take the vaccine, they will withhold your child benefit checks. Yeah, they will fine you yeah. if you choose to refuse. They'll fine you a fee every month. Now, of course, it's not a massive fee yet, but I think it's still about the equivalent of about $50 a month. They'll fine parents mm-hmm. who refuse to get their kids vaccinated for this. Yeah, It's like, when are you Frank, I'm just going to be open and frank. When are you dumbasses going to wake up? Because if you haven't woken up by now, you are a dumbass. <laughs> That's why you need the sweetness, you know, like, you know, to kind of balance out that salty. Senior right salty, you're, like, you're a <laughs> dumbass, you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you know, that, that, that it's becoming incredibly obvious that, like, you know, that 
this is not about health. This is all about compliance. It's all about like 100% compliance. They can't even they can't even provide evidence to show that these that like 100% compliance will end this pandemic, but because it won't. I can promise you right now, I would be willing to put money on it. I will give a hundred dollars if I'm wrong. That the like even if you get the massive compliance that you want, it's not going to end. How do I know? Ireland, Ireland had a, a, a district that had like close to 90, it was like 97% of like the eligible population was mm-hmm. vaccinated and they had a horrible, horrible resurgence of the virus. It's like, hmm, yeah. I, does this vaccine work? And somehow like people are going to be like, oh, it's the unvaccinated. Like that is a completely, completely um, pointless vaccine. If it can't protect against, against a tiny, tiny, tiny of the population. It's it's insane what they're trying to like. It's like you know, has this ever happened before in any other vaccine? Nope. Nope. When you have ninety seven percent of the population vaccinated and it and that cannot stop the virus from spreading and from getting people sick and dying. Nothing will. That is a failed vaccine. That is a yep. completely a complete failure. And I've seen studies that show that within four months the vaccine efficacy drops to like less than half. It's like forty one percent. Forty-one percent in the in the uh, Johnson and Johnson was worse after oh, yeah. six months. Three percent, three percent efficacy after three months or or no six months. So, like people say, like you know, like they keep throwing out those numbers, like ninety-nine percent, ninety-five percent. I'm like, no. If you've been, if you're a month off, like if you've if it's been a month since you had your last shot, you're probably looking at seventy percent yep. at best. That's like your best best case scenario, yeah. if not worse, because they drop off like crazy. And I will say this: this is not a normal feature of vaccines. Every vaccine in history that you've got vaccinated, they don't drop off to that degree. No, they even drop the flu off. shot doesn't drop off to that degree. No, not even close. And like the flu shot, the flu shot, like we know from research on the flu, that the flu vaccine is given based on the most prevalent strain that they predict will be spreading that year. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not 100% effective because there are many different variants of the flu strain. But if you, if you guess correctly, guess if you what? guess correctly, it's effective for the entire year. And it's like, that's... it's actually effective for like a couple years. If you guess correctly against mm-hmm. that one strain. Yep. But of course, if you guess incorrectly, then it's not effective. But if you guess yeah. correctly, you're not going to get it. You won't get the flu. You certainly won't pass it on. Whereas COVID, they're still giving the wild type vaccine because they haven't modified it yep. and they haven't changed it, even though they've seen serious safety con- safety concerns with it. They're mm-hmm. still giving it out. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, the third and fourth booster shots, that will save us. The third and fourth booster shots are still for the wild type. Which means that it, ca- it, it has virtually no protection. Yeah. Because it's an incomplete... It's, it's, only, it's only helping you protect you against the the spike protein which is like a tiny part of the the, the virus if that virus already, changes which it has changed. changes that little yeah it's already changes that little spike protein that then the vaccine that the, the antibodies that you built up they don't recognize it that's so like oh in the door it's like having a party and being like you know like oh you're looking for a guy with uh you know with blue eyes and like the guy comes like uh, comes in with sunglasses it's like well that can't be him he doesn't have blue eyes yeah that's pretty much what the vaccines are doing. They're just like, you know, yep. pointless. Now, one last thing I want to say about this okay. is that um, the, 
there are certain, there's a reason why we have all these safety protocols in place. Because one, we don't know the potential long-term side effects of, uh, yep. of, of medicines. Sometimes, despite your best efforts, you don't know what these long-term side effects might be. But we skip those. We're just, we just skipped over them. We justify them by saying, like, you know, oh, it's an urgent, okay? So that we skip those. We also skip, we're also ignoring the enormous amount of problems in the trials. The trials are already have some serious flaws and serious issues that we're all already ignoring. We're ignoring all of the like various data, like the the the, the side effects and all of the um, the deaths that are being suppressed and ignored on purpose, and we know that. And so, what possible what possible protection do we like do we have left? Mm-hmm. The only protection we have left is choice. That is the only left because like people are trusting that these the same companies that are creating the virus are going to sorry that created the vaccine are the ones that are going to protect us and you know are going to tell us if it's if it's dangerous and they're not going to do that so what's the last last protection is choice the ability to choose and they want to eradicate that yep. to the point where they're getting people like like a friend of mine I know that he's going to online school and they want they're talking about mandating the vaccine for him why? Because it's not about the it's not about health. It has nothing to do with health. It's all about compliance. Power and compliance. And the the very worst part about this, once they have once they've gotten away with it and they can justify mandating a vaccine or like a, a, any drug like this, now they have unlimited power. They can force you to get anything and they don't even have to prove anymore. That is mm-hmm. efficacious. They just yep. have to claim it. And the courts and then, will go right along with it. And they'll go where with it. They now own your body. Yes, they do. That's what's going to happen with this thing. They're Basically, every country on Earth is going to say, we own your body. We can do whatever we want to your body. Yeah. And guess what that is? Slavery. Slavery. We've just basically Mike created worldwide, show. Boom. worldwide slavery. That's all. Worldwide That's slavery good. is the goal. Mm-hmm. All right. That is going to be the end of today's show. Real dark finisher, but that's the way that's the way it is sometimes because <laughs> today is a now. dark world. But it's well, yes, it is relevant information. And if you're not aware of it, then you'll be caught off guard. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems dark. It seems down. It seems depressing. And a lot of it is, unfortunately. But information... The truth is not something we should run away from. No matter how depressing it is, no matter how dark it is, we have to be armed with the truth. Yeah. Because if we have the truth, then we can fight against this tsunami of lies. Yeah, like, you know, there's, there's Bible verses that talk about, like, you know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yes. Now, lack of knowledge is one of the biggest things that caused the destruction of, like, Israel uh, in many instances. Yes. So... Like here, we're the, we're the shrewd dudes. Our goal and our mission and what we do and what we say is not, you know, like obviously like there's shows like, you know, like that are all about comedy. Some that are more <laughs> like, you know, about being like the first on the job for like information. Like our goal is to inform yes. and to help you think critically, to look through the crap, look through the, like the mud and actually be able yeah. to discern to find what the is true. Yeah. And also we want to help you know, make you as prepared as possible so that you know what's coming, you know what's out there. You're not fooled. You're not easily fooled. This is what our goal is. 
to help you think more shrewdly. Because, yep. you know, like the thing is, we, we encounter people all the time that are rude because they're ignorant, they don't know about stuff, yep. and they just resort to like cheap, cheap shots. To but, add homonyms and attacks. That's right. But if you're a smart person, if you're wise, if you know the, know the full story, you don't have to be rude. Nope. When you can be shrewd. <laughs> just do the motto early. All right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you are following us on our various platforms, and we're going to look into, I think it's locals this week. I'm going to look oh. into it. Yeah, I'm going to see about signing up and maybe adding it to our repertoire of videos. We'll cool. see how that goes. Uh, maybe probably won't be added this week. Probably won't be added for this episode, but if I like it, then we might add it to Thursday's show. <laughs> so if you're following in any of other stuff, Rumble, BitChute, NewTube, YouTube for some of this content, then you know the drill. Like, share, follow up, subscribe, comment, send us messages. I will try as hard as my darndest to respond, but sometimes things get logged down and sometimes I just don't see the notifications. I apologize that it happened to you. Send me a message on another format and I'll try and get back to you as soon as I can. And... If you're messaging Don't us, forget, on... uh, check out the website. Yeah, we've updated the... it. We've done some more stuff. Yeah, check out the website. We've added more resources, as Danny said, about vaccines. We already have the stuff updated about masks. I think we're going to probably mm-hmm. combine something when we talk about there, when we have the section about therapeutics. But Danny already has a lot of my yeah. sources for that. So we'll get there when we get there. But it's needed stuff because otherwise the information doesn't go go out and we get more people listening all the time. Mm-hmm. We get an average of about 10 to 12 new subscribers every week, and that's fantastic. Yeah. So continue on, share the video with your friends, tell other people, and also also really recommend if you if uh, if you like to listen to something like while you're working or while you're driving or something like that, podcast, uh, this yeah. podcast is really good. I that's I find it very, very this is a very podcastable show. It is. It yeah. is. You'll actually enjoy it, especially at one point five speed because that's also funny. <laughs> As we sound a little higher pitched and squeaky. Oh no, that's two times we done. It's like hello, welcome to the Shrew Dudes Podcast. <laughs> Sound like Ben Shapiro. One point five is just we're a little more high pitched, and it's just like okay, this is a good space because then it it's called the Ben Shapiro like setting. The Ben Shapiro setting, exactly. <laughs> so Danny already took away my chance to say the motto. So we will see you all on Thursday. I hope you have a great couple days. Until then, and as always, God bless.